Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geeling. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 22nd official episode. Let's get right into it. The first thing we want to talk about is the Memphis Grizzlies. There's been a report out that said that they're actually finally open to trading their top two guys, that being, of course, mm-hmm. Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. What do you think about this? I think that it's that's smart. This has been a team that has been sort of middle of the pack like low playoff seeds for for kind of a while and i think they've been stuck there was one year i think the 2012 2013 yeah, season forget, they made it they to the made the western finals, conference finals which is yeah that's what that could that team could have been yeah so i i wrote a whole article about this so i like i spent a lot of time thinking about this but where'd you post it i was putting it out for a school newspaper oh okay um okay. but i what i basically what i what i would think is that it's about time for the Grizzlies to stop worrying so much about selling tickets for this season and to start thinking about, like, how are you actually going to get back to the Western Conference Finals going forward? And at this point, it's not with Mike Conley and Marcus All. Yeah, but the thing is with the Memphis Grizzlies, one, it's in their name. They play in Memphis. Two, they haven't been the most profitable profitable franchise. Mm-hmm. And three, I think their attendance is near the bottom of the yeah. league. I think we can't just say flat out go and tank because I remember yeah no, I'm not M- saying MDJ that. on YouTube made a video of this. The Grizzlies don't tank because the Grizzlies can't take tank because they're the Memphis Grizzlies. Like financially, they're just <laughs> not going to make any money. We've seen that in the past. Yeah, and but, I agree. And I'm not I'm not saying that they should tank. What I'm saying is that they need to get the value that these stars still have while they can for a piece for a piece of some other team's future moving forward. Yeah, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, to people watching this, keep in mind the Memphis Grizzlies are kind of limited in the moves that they can make. They can't hit the complete reset button. And just, Unlike the New York Knicks, if they go, yeah. if they Unlike go the and have five bad seasons, yeah, they can't do a trust the process all of a sudden because yeah. they won't sell. You know, the, the the arena will be empty for a few years if they do that. So they've they've definitely got to be careful about that. Um, but right now the Grizzlies are 26th in, in attendance in the league. Yeah, all actually, right, but, I mean. You, you got to consider that that includes how big a, sa- a stadium size is. Yeah. But still, I would say that that's notable. Mm-hmm. Let's um let's talk about reasons that they would trade Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. Reasons that they would trade, their ages. They're 31 and 33 years old. Is Marcus Gasol 33? Yeah. Both are somewhat injury prone. I think that, we've that's seen... The, that's true. We, we've definitely seen... Year. Yeah, last season, they didn't even make the playoffs... And they fell all the way to get the top four pick. Yeah. Get got uh, got Jaron Jackson Jr. And that was because these guys can't couldn't stay healthy the whole season. And even this season, both of them have missed a little bit of time here and there, I believe. Um, so that's so that's part of it. Is like you're not going to be very successful as a team if you don't have a bona fide superstar. Like both these guys are stars. They're aging. They're but they're not superstars. And, and if season, both of them can't stay healthy for a full season, like if they're gonna struggle. It's funny because this season they're both like borderline all-star but people aren't yeah. really talking about them including me like i consider them all-star caliber players but this season but they're not like, here. yeah they're not 
they don't yeah. quite have it, especially in the West. I could see Marcus Hall mm-hmm. or Mike Conley maybe getting a reserve spot in the East. Because like, yeah. has Nick Vucevic had a better season than Marcus Hall? I don't know. Yeah, but debatable. But like, <laughs> all right. Well, but so so beyond so beyond age, injury prone. I would say so. So the age also going back to the age actually really quickly. It doesn't really match up with their timeline because they, now they've got Jaron Jackson Jr. who's the top w- four player. What's their in the, timeline? I would say what I'm saying is that they need to hit a little bit of a like. I don't want to say reset button. We over I overuse that term, but like they need to sort of take a step back and like refocus their their timeline for Jaron Jackson Jr. or for. But it's not like they don't match their timeline. Their timeline is right now. Yeah. Which th- is, that's what I'm saying. You can argue but they need that's to change their bad, timeline. You want you want them yeah, to change yeah, yeah. their timeline. So what I, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but that's not that's a lot easier said than done. Yes, that's getting rid yes. of Marcus yeah. and Mike Conley and maybe some other sort yeah. of and dudes. Yeah. To, to be fair, they do have like a few young pieces, like Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I was, I was like Dylan and Brooks. If they, kind of fine. How if old they, is Michael Green? I'll look that up. I think 28. Oh. Don't, but um, if they make, if they're if they don't make the playoffs this year and if they continue to go on this losing streak that they're on the last time i had like a couple days ago they were on a seven game losing streak so this team is like definitely sliding back this was a team that was in the playoffs for the first you know third of the season but is definitely on the the slide and if they fall into a top eight pick then um they get to keep their pick they have they have a top eight protected pick this year. So it's trade away to the go to the Celtics. It goes to the Mavericks, I think. How did that Pretty trade sh- happen? I don't know. I think I, I I feel like you're right. I'll I'll double check that later. But you're saying if if they have a top eight pick, they get to mm-hmm. keep it. Yeah. So 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 I think that that's a very good incentive to tank. Exactly. So so not even necessarily tank because like you said, they can't really afford a tank. But if they trade one of their stars for a piece of the future. That's a, that's exciting because you're moving forward and you're gonna get a player who's gonna be good going forward or picks who's gonna who are gonna be good going forward, but it also makes it a lot more likely that you're gonna fall into that top eight pick because there's a lottery, right? So even if even if they finish as like the sixth worst team in the league, there's no guarantee that they yeah. get a top eight pick. Exactly. And the, the lower that they finish, the more likely it is that that pick in the lottery is gonna be in the top eight. So. That's sort of the incentive. It, it, is That's, the, it is to the Celtics. Yeah. Oh, it's to the Celtics. All yes. right. My apologies. Um, but I think that that's the incentive here is like you trade, you might get a better pick. You trade, maybe you get some value for these aging stars. And if you wait another year or two and Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol continue to prove that they're injury-prone players and they continue to just get older. And Marcus Gasol, by the way, has never been an athletic guy. That's true. And he's survived in the league because like, He's got. He's talented. He's you know he got good footwork. Well, so he can exactly, do a lot of different so things. So that means he'll age well in the league. I think he'll age well in the league. Yeah, because he has so far. But I also think that Marcus Saul's game is not moving towards the the future of the NBA. The future of the NBA are guys who are going to be. It, the, the Marcus Saul. I think part of his value is that he's a very good defensive player. He's a former defensive player of the year. So, but but the thing is, him him as a defensive anchor. His value might be on the decline because I think the val that the most valuable defenders in the NBA right now aren't necessarily paint protectors or rim protectors, but like yeah, they are. But or or at least like 
guys who are going to sit under the basket and block shots, but guys who can go out and protect the rim, but also go out and switch into a point guard. I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I would say his he's not to say he's not a Rudy Gobert. Yeah. yeah. Joel Embiid. They both struggle. Yeah. And they're both they're still two of the best defenders. And they're both yeah probably the favorites besides maybe Paul George to win Defensive Player Mm -hmm. of the Year. But but both of them when you think about it are both young very athletic guys have pretty good lateral quickness considering they're seven footers have big wingspans light on their feet that doesn't really fit marcus all's description okay but i don't think i don't think yeah but it's not trade for marcus all for yeah. like another like two years being like okay he's gonna be he's, yeah, he, yeah, yeah he's gonna be our guy to bring our defense over the hump i would just say i think he his game is still adaptable to the modern nba yeah hell he's he's 31 years old and he's had a lot of injuries so like in terms of body he's like 33 34 whereas you see him still being an all-star caliber player and bringing to the the offensive side of the ball things that you really want in a big man in the nba he can shoot threes yeah he's gotten his that's his biggest value probably and he's also shooting a lot more per game than he did like two or three years ago and he also he can just kind of do a little bit of everything like someone like a lamarcus aldridge can yeah. Whereas he, he can hit the mid-range, he can finish around the basket. I think he's just a very big positive for any team that would trade for him. That being said, I think we should also talk that who exactly would want to trade for a 31-year-old yeah. Marcus Gasol? 33. Uh, oh, yeah, a 33-year-old Marcus All who's getting paid $24 million this season and $25 million next season. Yeah. I, I would say, like, those mid-level teams, like the Miami Heats of the world— Whereas you're not going to get a championship contender that's going to give you the Memphis Grizzlies back something that you want because mm. a championship team doesn't have young assets and a rebuilding team doesn't want to trade for a 33 year old Marcus Saul. Yeah. All right. So so let's talk. So what teams sort of fit that description is like like you said. So so the young teams aren't going to trade for Rugasol because he's 33. Who? What young team? What rebuilding team is going to want that? Competing teams have already got their centers. Other than the Rockets right now, because of Clint, because Clint Capella is out, but like the best teams in the league all have their starting center. Man, they got Kenneth Reed. <laughs> hey, Kenneth Reed's been playing very well. He's we don't have good. that really as a topic, but like that's that's definitely notable. Um, so so what teams will be willing to trade for him? Um, like you said, maybe the Miami Heat, but like sort of I could see two things that I've seen talked about are the Milwaukee Bucks because the Milwaukee Bucks they're the weakest position in their starting lineup is brooke lopez their starting center so but but the thing is the one i would sort of shut that down because even though marcus Saul is probably an upgrade over brooke lopez and he he's a better player than brooke lopez brooke lopez is shooting seven threes a game this season it has been maybe one of the biggest impacts and differences between this season and last season and one of the, you know and the, the the reason that the bucks have taken such a big jump forward and even though yeah, I, I even agree. though I even though Brook Lopez can't grab a rebound, can't play defense, that's part of what Giannis does so well and why he's so valuable. I so I w- what I was saying is, I literally I went through the teams and I cannot think of a team that, that would trade for Marcus Saul. Like yeah, exactly. Like try, yes, try yeah, to yeah. try to give me a it's, team that will it's trade very for Marcus Saul. T- it is very tough think, to see I don't that think the Bucks would because literally, while Brook Lopez can't guard the rim. Giannis Antetokounmpo can. He's having a defensive player of the year kind of season. Yeah, and there's their defense is top five or something yeah. in the league. So I don't think they really need to make a move like that. And then I've also, I've also seen the Celtics. And then that's maybe not you, gonna you'd move like Al Horford that's the power not, forward. That's not going to happen. Hold up. Like, 
they've already got issues with their with they they have too many you know like shot creators and like their wing players don't get enough minutes and part of part of the thing is like they put their wing players at power forwards sometimes so they'll have like their shooting guard small forward and power forward all be kind of interchangeable so like if you've got all of a sudden marcus saul playing center and al horford playing power forward then you're just taking more minutes away from like jalen brown that does not help out the team at all. How does that take minutes away from Jalen Brown? I'm saying if, if I'm, you're, I'm agreeing with you in that it's a stupid trade that's not going to happen, but why does it take minutes because, away from Jalen Brown? Because if you start Marcus Gasol at center, yeah. then you have to probably then you might start Al Horford at power forward, or you have Al Horford coming off the bench. But if you're let's say you're starting Al Horford at power forward, well right they, now who are they starting at power honestly, forward? Like if they trade for Marcus Gasol, they might have to give up Jalen Brown. Yeah, because you you they probably be more more quick to give up Terry Rozier, but. Um, By the way, Terry Rozier is definitely not going to be on the Celtics in like a week. In a week? Or I don't know. When, when is the trade deadline? 10 days? 10 days from now. Yeah, like 10, 11 days. He's not going to be on the Celtics. All Dan- right. Danny Ainge is too crafty. I heard it here first. He's too crafty. And he's too calculated to right. not trade him for a second round pick. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> basically what we've decided through, I think, this talk is that Marcus Saul, pretty tough to trade. Yeah. He's... Now, now, is there a chance? He's still totally valuable. I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah, there's yeah. any question that he's valuable. You, like, some team could definitely like get themselves convinced in their head that like Marcus is going to be a huge difference maker. Yeah, but like realistically, and, and also like by the way, like I hate to break it to you, but like there are some dumb GMs out there. Like anything could happen, but we'll see. Um, moving to Mike Conley, I think that boy it, got it, paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's getting paid. That's that's third. another thing. So, so we didn't really talk about that, but like, paid thirty million dollars this year. One of the reasons to trade these guys is thirty-two million dollars next year, and then an option that he's he's gonna pick that money up of like thirty-four, thirty-four point <laughs> five million dollars for the 2020-2021 season, and that is a big contract for a guy who might not make an All-Star game in his career. Which is why I also think that while he's the same situation. Same situation as Marcus Saul, where he's very valuable and you want him on your team. I don't think, one, the package is going to be there to where the, the Grizzlies would trade away their star player, who Memphis Grizzlies fans are coming to see, mm-hmm. for this young dude that teams aren't willing to give up. Or just the money might not work because he's getting paid so much. And how would you balance that money? Because superstars are getting paid 34 million dollars a year mm. and teams aren't going to give up superstars for mike conley so yeah <laughs> i don't know how that would work and, and i think that also like one of the fundamental problems here with mike conley is one of the most important positions in a re in a team's rebuild or in teams like their franchise as a whole is is the point guard position because generally a team's point guard runs their offense so like we mentioned when we talked about Dennis Smith Jr. last week, go back and listen to that if you haven't, because we talked about the trade deadline and none of the things that we talked about have happened yet. Most franchises have their guy at the point guard position, whether it's a guy that they drafted and are hoping that in five years will become one of the best point guards in the league, or one of the guys that right now is the best, one of the best point guards in the league. Most teams have their starting point guard. So you convincing some team to to take Mike Conley for a piece of their future is going to be kind of hard. Like the only teams I think that in the league right now that have consistently been lacking at the point guard position over the last few years have been the Magic, the Suns, 
in the Knicks. Yeah. It seems pretty unlikely to me that the Magic, the Suns, or the Knicks would trade for Mike Conley. Yeah, I no. think <laughs> I think that it is more likely that the Orlando Magic would give up a guy like Nick Vucevic to try to move their timeline to like the future and give more minutes to like Mo Bamba and like Aaron Gordon and 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 think about you know being good in the future rather than committing to a playoff run now, which trading for Mike Conley would do. So I so I don't think the Magic would would buy into that. The Suns like you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton who are both like. 22 or something if like, the kings didn't have De'Aaron fox i could totally see them doing that yeah but, but De'Aaron fox is like yeah. becoming one of the best point guards in the league like dear they're not going to do Slow that down he's he's going to be one of the best point yeah. guards in the league in a few years to, yes De'Aaron fox is a very good player so uh, so yeah i and and the new york knicks please god like New York is real. New York is like really hoping, as an expand, like we are really hoping for for some kind of star, some kind of superstar. Mike Conley. Mike Conley is not it. Mike Conley is not it. Um, that's hilarious. So no. yeah, we don't we don't want to trade anyone who's under the age of twenty five for Mike Conley. Yeah. Or any draft pick in the future for Mike Conley. And sadly for the Memphis Grizzlies, I don't think anyone else does. We would give them like Tim Hardaway Jr. for Mike Conley. I don't even know. That would like give us more wins, which we don't even want. Like <laughs> Zion, give us Zion. Yeah, give us Zion. Yo, yeah, actually, that's facts. Like we we definitely don't. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if the Knicks traded Tim Hardaway Jr. for Mike Conley. At least it's something. But I I don't think I would want the Knicks to be keeping Mike Conley to be honest. Yeah. But that's kind of off topic. What about teams that like would the teams that would trade from for Mike Conley the only thing I can really think of is the Indiana Pacers because I would say the Indiana Pacers are in serious need of another real score besides Victor Oladipo his Victor Oladipo is gone and so I I don't know why I just had a little bit of brain fart yeah but like (laughs) Victor Oladipo is not like he's, he's gone for the season, so like that seems pretty unlikely that the Pacers are going to make that move this season. Um, so like you said, that was part of my point. It's like, like Mercosol, it seems pretty unlikely that they're, they're that the Grizzlies are going to be able to do something that's like a good move for both sides because it, the only thing that, that I could really think would be like, okay, yeah, like this makes sense for the for the team that would be getting Mike Conley would was the Pacers, but like I'm not sure that they should really do that when. Victor Oladipo's out. And so, you want to move on to... Do you want to talk about Victor Oladipo, or... I just want to go through teams really quick as we approach the deadline. Mm-hmm. Buyers and sellers. Yeah, or or chilling. We'll say buyer, or seller, or just chilling. Which is like, they're in a good spot. They're, cool. they're, they're, they're doing cool. well. Just like, keep it up. Yeah. Alright. Just going through the Eastern Conference standings. Milwaukee Bucks. Chilling. Chilling. Raptors. Toronto Raptors, chilling. Chilling. Indiana Pacers. Okay, let's come back to them after because I, I want to yeah. talk, okay. talk about the whole Indiana Pacers fiasco later. Sixers, probably buying. I would say buying just for like shooting. maybe a shooter. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like Celtics pick up Marco Bellinelli or Trevor. Celtics Risa. selling, like you said, just just because of Terry Rozier. Like that's pretty much it. I would say just both because I think they could make a trade to kind of just fix what's ever wrong and why they're the, the last thing seed. they need right now though is an, is more shot creators so they should not go out there and trade for like another guy who needs the ball in his hands that's all i'm gonna say okay so that's why i put them in i would put them in selling instead of buying nets. the nets maybe like 
I may be selling because they just signed no, I think they're Spencer chilling. Dimwitty. I think they're chilling. Yeah. They, they're either chilling or selling because they signed Spencer Dimwitty the, to his extension. And so there's maybe a chance that they, they would want to trade D-Lo. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Yeah. So I, I they think should be. I think they're they should, fine. They're rolling. You shouldn't do anything to change that right now. The um, Heat. Think, selling. Yeah. I would say. They got no, a lot of. No, I would just say chilling because, like, you're not playing for anything. No, but they got, but a, they got so many wing players right now. Like, you can I, definitely you get Justice some value Winslow for that. Justice point guard. <laughs> Yeah, but even so, like he's a wing player, like who, like who kind would, of. Who, who would you sell? You're not gonna out of all your wing players, you're not gonna sell I, like, Josh Richardson. You're not like, gonna like sell like Wayne Justice Ellington. Winslow. I think Wayne, like Wayne, just sell him to the Sixers or something. Yeah, like, like you can get some value. I don't, no, I don't think I don't think the Heat have that many quality players on their roster that teams want. I think they Fair enough. I think they have to chill because they're paying like Hassan Whiteside twenty five million dollars, uh, Tyler Johnson something absurd. They just have so many crazy contracts that they really can't do anything. Hornets, you, you got to buy for Kemba Walker, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's gonna kind of like dissimilar to the Anthony Davis in New Orleans situation. You got to be buying. Um, Wizards sell. John Wall's out. Trade I, like Trevor Reeves or whatever. I would be okay with them going all in. But they're twenty-one and twenty-seven, and without you know like hey, just, one of their two best players. They're, so they're two games behind the eight seed, and then anything happen in the playoffs. That's pretty crazy that you can be two two games behind the eighth seed in the East and you're twenty one and twenty seven. But that's, that's not the point. that's not any news. The East has yeah. been bad forever. Pistons, I, I think. I, I just want one more thing. Wizards, I think, don't sleep because they have some talent on this roster. Yeah, I think for sure. If something happens, by the way, since John Wall's been out and they're six and four in their last ten, something something Notable. to think about. They're definitely moving the ball better. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. What yeah. does that say about John Wall? The Pistons, they're probably, uh, probably buying because not not necessarily that they should, but they probably will because I, I don't think they'll do anything. Just is it's the Miami Heat situation. If, if they were to do it, yeah. If they if they were to do anything, it would be probably to buy because oh my god, like they've got like Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, <laughs> and like that's kind of it. Well, yeah, but they also have a bunch of contracts that they can't move, and they have no cap space. And Fair enough. I don't know how the market of role players around the league are going to be with trade deadlines and mm. buyouts. But I don't think Detroit is the number one destination. Yeah. Magic, probably selling. Yeah, I would say. Hawks, same. Bulls, sell. Knicks, sell. Cavs, no, wait, sell. Bulls, sell? Yeah. Who would the, bull, who would the Bulls be selling? <laughs> Hypothetically, what if he traded, like, Ryan Archie Diacono or... Is it Antonio Blakeney who is, who has become like a decent backup point guard? I don't know if it. I don't think Antonio Blakeney plays point guard. I think he's a wing. But I know Antonio Blakeney was like leading the league in like field goal percentage from the corner at one point this season or something like that. Like just like one of the corners. I don't know. Weird stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's six four and he is a. Okay, he's not really playing anymore. Maybe not. Maybe fall out of the rotation a little bit. I have not been watching very much Bulls, so same. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the West. Warriors, chill. they're in a league of their own in terms of the chill. <laughs> like just don't, like don't do, don't touch it. Nuggets, let, let it go. Um, Nuggets, I think chilling. Yeah. Thirty-three and fifteen, Thund- they're rolling. They got a lot of guys with injuries. Once they come back, they're gonna be thunder. Set. I guess chill. I would like them to buy, but I can't see them doing anything. Yeah. I agree with that. And I, whatever they're doing right now is working. Trailblazers, 
I think Miami Heat situation, they have to chill, not no, they no, should no. chill. The, the Trailblazers need another score. They got They're gonna be buying. Why? Um, because Damon CJ is not gonna be enough. It's been they've been averaging a total of like fifty points per game together for the past two years. Yeah, but that's two guys is not really enough. Like no, as a team, they're gonna they're gonna pick up if. They're this is this is one of the most ob- to should. me to me this is one of the teams that needs to be buying the most like they I need another think, wing score I just don't think they will because they their contracts are so the, but like up. whether they will or not is a different story than like they should be buying they they need another wing score I, 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 I would say no I would say when Damon CJ are out of the game I think Evan Turner has stepped his game up a yeah, lot yeah 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 but to, like to where he's like he's just a little bit of a watered down Tyreek Evans situation. When the so this is a, a segment that the jump did briefly like a couple days ago, but the T Mac I know he put he definitely put the Trailblazers in buying. But he also said he was like he said he said mellow to the Trailblazers, and I was like mellow Remember, like, that was like a no thing, one wants like, mellow, but ago. like like no one should pick up mellow. But I, I'm also in, we're Knicks fans. I'm a little bit hurt by mellow just like in general. But like they, any reason the, why the, the Trailblazers should buy. <laughs> The Trailblazers, they need another wing score. It just that's just what it is. They do. Alfarucamino. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. Tell us what you think. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm gonna tell you right now. No. The, the Trailblazers, Trailblazers. No. The Trailblazers. Uh, tell me. Tell me right now. Tell me right now. The Trailblazers are fourth. Are the fourth seed in the West? Tell me right now that they will make it past the like first or second round. Okay, you can say that about like three teams in the West, like. But like the Warriors, Nuggets, that, Thunder are all above them, and like okay. are definitely going to pass, like the first round. Like, I wouldn't even can say you that definitely about the say Thunder. that about the? No, I wouldn't even say that about the Thunder. It's the West. You can say that about one, maybe two teams. I think that's so unfair to just say yeah, to any right. team. Oh yeah, they have to buy until they get the to trailer, the top two. The Trailblazers, the Trailblazers are just not good enough though right now to really be. Okay, but that's not any news. And, but they can't do anything about it. But but the Trailblazers like. This Jake has been, this is a beast, huh? This has been the same team for the past like five years. Tell me that they don't I, I need think, to mix think, it up. Like, well, just I think do something. Have some internal growth. Do but something though. I think you have some internal growth with Zach Collins. Has they even, see- even My- okay, Myers okay. Leonard? Yes. They added Jake Lehman. They added yes. Nick Stauskas, Steph Curry. Those are all dudes who can create with the ball. I, not Jake Lehman, but like. But all those guys are like. Or Myers Leonard. Eh. Like all those guys are like, yeah, like they're not bad, but like. But who would you want them to buy? I don't. I don't know who it is. It's so maybe Torian Prince. Like, just come up with a wing score. That's all I'm saying. That would actually be very interesting. Like, I, I don't, like they who just they need give to. Up? They need to Caleb, buy something. They need to buy Caleb something. Swanigan? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought this much about the Trailblazers, but but all I know, like, this has been the same Damon CJ show for the last five years, or like maybe more. I don't even know. They need to do well, something. How if you look up Blazers roster? Seth Curry is the second <laughs> guy who comes up. CJ's the fourth. That's so great. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, All right. Let's go back to the rest of the NBA teams. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Rockets, probably buying. They could use another wing score. I would say just like chill and wait for everyone to get healthy, I guess. Yeah. All right. Spurs, um, chill. Yeah. Jazz. Jazz, they could. I would say chill. You're eight and two. If anything, you're buying, but, but maybe chilling, yeah. Um, Clippers. You're not playing know. for anything. I don't know what the Clippers. I would say the. Cl- 
Because they're still like, in the playoffs. What if you sell, like, one of your three or four point guards? Like, Milos Tadosic? Makes Tadosic. sense. Makes sense. Like, but, like, but, like are you really going get, to be getting much back from him? Like, grab, like, a second-round pick? Why not? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe right. they could clear up some cast space, too. Yeah. Even though they have a lot. Lakers, who? Um, buying. And selling. I think though. I think though. In in terms of the Lakers' eyes, you're more looking for a second star than you are like trying to get rid of Kyle Kuzma or Alonzo Ball or something. So that's why I would say they're buying because they're more in search of that player than they are trying to get rid of anybody on their roster. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the Knicks would be selling because they're actively trying to get Tim Hardaway Jr. off the roster. Okay, fine. They're doing both. Kings chill. You're just you're finally good. You don't really have your pick. Just chill. Agreed, yeah. Timberwolves, I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> just I, buy, buy. But I mean, the Timberwolves have already made moves this season. Like they're they're yeah. like, they, that's enough for Mavericks. One season. Chill. You're not gonna make the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Pelicans, buy. Nothing. AD. No, you need to get. You're you not gonna to make get... the playoffs. I think yeah. the, the front office. Maybe well, not. Probably, maybe not even before the trade deadline. Like the but the, office, but the, like, the Pelicans are a buying team. I feel like the front office will be pressured into trading for someone, just to kind of put on the facade that hey, we know what we're doing. We're trying to. We're doing all that we can to get Anthony Davis back. Yeah, I would love to see them make another move, like grabbing a Nico Mirotic, like not not someone who plays like him, just that type of player. But okay. I don't. I don't really see that. Grizzlies. Oh my gosh, the Grizzlies have been really bad. I didn't even <laughs> yes. Realize that. The Grizzlies are two and eight in their oh last my, ten. They really need yeah. to trade those guys. Uh, and then so the Grizzlies crazy. obviously selling. We just like spent ten minutes yeah. talking about that. Suns. Nothing. They don't sell anyone because the only guys that you have on your roster are guys you want to keep for the future, which I think is pretty cool. I could see them trading T.J. Warren, but like I don't think so. He's like twenty-four. Yeah, but but TJ Warren is out is like always out there for some reason. Like whatever people are talking about, I guess so. things just that could happen. Like, like, like people bring TJ like Warren. a better PJ Tucker. Yeah, maybe just the same person as PJ Tucker. Like like when when we talked about Dennis Smith Jr. maybe going to the Suns because like the Suns need a point guard. Like they would probably give it TJ Warren. It's like one thing that people say. Okay, um, let's move on to the Indiana Pacers. Oladipo's injury. Victor Oladipo falls running back on defense, which yelling sucks. and clutching his knee. He's taken off the court in a stretcher. Like, pretty scary clip right there. Um, out, for the, out for the remainder of the season. Which really sucks. Because when we take into account, let's talk about their season so far. Like, they, they were they were rolling. They were like, really good. I was talking to my friend, the only Pacers fan that I know, Nick. Nick Marzen. Yeah. yeah. And he, he just, he felt so devastated because not only is he, like, the favorite yeah. player or whatever, they, he was just so proud of their team, and I feel like the Indiana Pacers fans are really proud of their team because they've won, they've won All Star, but they're just they play such good basketball. Yeah. I forget who's, uh, it's gonna bug me who said this, but I, th- I think it was a funky diabetic on YouTube. They're just so, they're just such a complete whole, well-run basketball team, a well-run basketball team. Have, they're a well-oiled machine. Yeah, they, they're a well-oiled machine. Just kind of the. Spurs level of getting your job done, being good, getting getting the job done, being efficient with it, mm-hmm. and just co- completing what you need to do. Everyone knew their role, and that's not going to change. But the amount of points that they're going to be able to put on the board is going to change. Now you're going to have to have Bogdanovich 
and Corey Joseph and Miles Turner creating all of your shots, which is yeah, a little not sad. Ideal. Which, yeah, because the they they really don't have many shot creators at all. Yeah, and then their season their season so far like it was really looking like this was going to be one of the best teams in the East that was going to be seriously scary to the top teams in the East. They might be able to put something together, like something serious. So it sucks to see this because, like, Demontis Bonus was having such a good season, and that was one of the stories of the league, in my opinion, that he was playing so well and that this Pacers team, for some reason, was, like, legitimately was one of the best teams in the East. And, they, you know, that ended just like that with one play, which sucks. So what do they do now? They have a lot of cap spaces offseason. Do yeah. you think that this injury is going to affect, one, how they go about their offseason moves, and two, their ability to bring people in? It's going to have to make them... They're. I feel like they're going to be a lot less aggressive, and the, and players are going to be a lot less quick to sign with them. Just you th- you because think that this. they would be less aggressive? I think they're going to be less aggressive because there's going to be just a little bit more of a question mark surrounding the kind of player that Victor Oladipo was. But because we, are you that just that means that the, the season that Victor Oladipo had last year was just all of a sudden breakout, like most improved, and it was a pretty small sample size. So this season, we the whole league is hoping that Victor Oladipo is going to come out, do the same thing, and prove that that wasn't a fluke. And so far, he has done that. But once to again... Yeah, but once again, like, small sample size. Now it's been, like, a season and a half okay, but, of Victor Oladipo but being an all-star. I don't think that that's going to affect how the front office goes about it. Because Not, I think, also, I think like, it'll affect how players view the Indiana Pacers yeah, when signing with them. That's, that's I, supposed to be what I mean. Okay, but I don't... Yeah, but you, you also said that it would it would affect, it would affect their the, aggressiveness. Yeah, I don't think it there, will. Because I like, think we, aggressiveness, based, just because, like, there's no guarantees that Victor Oladipo comes back and, and is but, the same player. But so what? So you're saying... They go make a move to make them a top two seed in the East, throw a max to someone, maybe slightly overpaid, and then that comes back to bite them because now no, Victor Oladipo no. is not the same and they only have one star? No. I just I just mean that if Victor Oladipo had played the remainder of the season, this team had finished as one of the best teams in the East, made a seriously like great playoff run, and did just finish out that season very strong... Then the front office would have been like, okay, we're that close to being one of the best, like the top so they three would just teams. Be more motivated. It would just, yeah, it would just be. You would see more of a glimpse of what this team could be with Victor Oladipo being out. It's just like a little bit more of like an oh well, right? Because we haven't seen this. You know, this the surprise that this team was wasn't seen like didn't really come to fruition throughout the end of the season, right? And that's just that's more just like it. There people aren't going to be left off with like. In their in their minds, like right now, if, if the season ended with the victor with the Pacers playing the way that they that they seemed that they would have finished the season off before this injury, then it just would have been like you left the season on a very good note. Okay, but reasons would have signed. That's like, in our minds. That's in the fans' minds. Yeah, I forget the name of the GM for the Pacers. I really should know that because I used to know all thirty. But that's his job. He, he, I, I trust the front office of the Indiana Pacers well enough because they seem pretty rational. They've won most trades and most acquisitions that they've made over the past three Shout or out, four like, years. DeMontis Sabonis and Victor Demont- Oladipo for Paul George has worked out so yeah. well for them. Uh, Doug McDermott, decent signing. Um, and the I, the, I was only, the, the f- only thing the past two, the past two years that I can think of that wasn't that good is 
signing Tyreek Evans, but even that was yeah. a pretty decent contract. He just hasn't played the way mm-hmm. he should. Yeah. But also an insanely fast rebuild from the days of taking on the Miami Heat. In the East Germans finals. Yeah, and then the whole Paul George injury. They flipped that around so quickly, and now they're back at top the East, mm-hmm. whereas the Knicks have been bad for like 20 years and are still at the bottom and we're still sad about it. I think that we can trust the Pacers front office well enough to not have kind of emotions and just kind of like the general feeling in your mind to affect the moves that they make in the offseason. I think that the Pacers will still try to go out because they have so much cap space. They're going to go and try out and go and try to get that max player. And I think that is where the injury comes into play. Whereas, obviously, Kevin Durant's not going to sign with the freaking Indiana Pacers. But mm-hmm. just anyone, even like a Tobias Harris, I don't know if you can lure him away from like LA, from L.A. to go play with Victor Oladipo, who might not be the same. Which is unfortunate. We'll yeah. see, though. I think still the role players that they have and the system that they have in Indiana and how Nate McMillan has evolved into a very good coach is very attractive for players. Yeah. So I think that's what we can make of the Victor Oladipo Indiana Pacers injury situation. Yeah. All right. What's up next? Uh, I just wanted we're already at 36 minutes. So I want to do an Instagram post of the week. It's a different one than what we had planned. Again, we keep postponing this thing for like Mm -hmm. four weeks now. But... I'm pretty sure you haven't seen this. All right. It's just this graphic. It's almost just like a stat. But in the past 25 games across the NBA, the past 25 games for each season, you have the best record in the NBA. Take a guess. The past 25 games in the, yeah. in, in the Eastern Conference, you said? No, just in the, in the entire NBA. Hmm... Eastern Conference. In the East, they are. It's an Eastern Conference team. Yes. Huh. Uh. It's the Brooklyn Nets. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Shout out to D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie. They're out here beating the Rockets on buzzer beaters. They're out here just killing everybody. Really. Losing five games in the past twenty-five games of their season. Really. And that's why I was so adamant about don't make a move. Yeah. During the NBA trade de- trade deadline, because you have teams in the past twenty five games, they've been better than the Warriors and the and the Bucks, who are right behind them. Yeah, I was game. I was about to say Bucks, but I was also thinking like the Bucks are too obvious. Yeah, like, the Bucks gotta be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be something yeah, my, interesting. My God, you like were like. Hmm. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking Bucks or Toronto, but like, and sadly, also the Pacers are tied with them for uh, mm-hmm. tied with the Warriors, which is sad. But yeah, and just all these teams, you see that the teams below them, Warriors, Bucks, Pacers, Nuggets, Celtics, Rockets, those are probably the six best teams in the league. And I would say this is a large sample size. This is more than half of the season, probably. The last 25 games isn't more than half the season. Teams have played about like 50 games this year. Oh, half of of what we've played so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not more half of 81, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you just have this huge sample size for this season. Mm-hmm. And the Brooklyn Nets are coming out and killing after the Karis LeVert injury. That's pretty crazy to me. Yo, if you're if you're 
Kevin Durant or some other free agent, you are definitely eyeing the Brooklyn Nets as potential yeah, man. potential destination. Of course, and they have some cap space. They kind of threw some of that at Spencer Dinwiddie, and they're going to have to pay D'Angelo Russell, which is also maybe what I. I don't think they're going about. to though. I they're that. I mean, I maybe maybe this show, run changes sh- that, but I think this kind of hurts their cause now because D'Angelo Russell is proving that some team is probably going to throw him like nineteen million dollars. Yeah, but uh, but for, by per year by three years by signing Spencer Dinwiddie, they I think they kind of made a commitment to like Spencer Dinwiddie's going to be our guy. I think they maybe they did that too early in the season because because D'Angelo Russell's now been so good like recent as of late he's been kind of one of the but I mean him Spencer Dinwiddie too, but D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie have been fantastic, and that's part of the reason that they've been so good over the last twenty five games. I didn't know that they were this good. I knew they're yeah. good, but I'm trying to think what makes them. So and by, by the good. way, D Lo, and All Star. I brought this up to you like a little less than a week ago, and you and you were so. like, no, but no, I don't. But with think Victor so. Oladipo out, D Lo's an All Star this year. It's gonna be him. I don't think so i don't have the whole mapped out chart in my mind but if i think of d'angelo russell i can't think that he's an all-star because he literally does not play some crunch time minutes for the brooklyn nets i went to fair enough a pacers nets game and he was on the bench for the entire last six minutes of the game during crunch time where the With game was on just the like line. no fouls or like no injuries or anything no, like that just like no just just not in the game because spencer I mean, dinwiddie and joe harris were more valuable on offense kenny atkinson's a good coach so kenny atkinson's trust a great them. coach so i definitely did they win him. the game no all right the pacers won was it close it was very close uh, so they didn't have him out at close yeah game. but no, uh, that's jared dudley cost them the game jared dudley's not that good at basketball compared to the rest of the NBA. <laughs> wow, <laughs> which is what I, which is what I took away from that night. Uh, is that how we're finishing up the episode? On I, uh... I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry Dudley. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Space the Floor NBA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, subscribe and leave a review. If you're listening on YouTube, leave a like on this video and subscribe to the channel. That'd be very much appreciated. Follow us on Instagram at Space of the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space of the Floor. If you're watching on YouTube, the links will be down below. And thank you. My name is Connor Gielan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace.